Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Hello, everybody, listeners from across the world. Shout out to the big posse in North Bergen, especially. It is the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast, episode 125, the inner city train. Was that, that thing from you, know, Josh? 125 is the end, the big, like the big train back in the days. Pass, mate, I'll I mean, be honest. I'm sure I remember <laughs> no my, gra- my granddad telling me about the about the 125, which was uh, one of the <laughs> first trains that was like going in between cities, a big like locomotive, like Gordon in terms of tank engine, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, this is nothing to do with trains. It's about wrestling. Borderline about wrestling, usually. There's usually a lot of other stuff going on. I'm your host today, JCH, joined in the booth, two-man booth, by the Fox, Josh Heady. Josh, how you doing? I'm good, mate. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this unfamiliar duo on the podcast. Less of a Crouch and Defoe, more of like a... A Crouch and a Pavlichenko, maybe, for Tottenham. Yeah, it's like the time when, like, Sheridan and Solskjaer actually got to start together. Beckham into Sheringham and Solskjaer has won it! Yeah. <laughs> you see, they just be coming off the bench and someone else would be in control. <laughs> but, um, if one of us is the dupes up there, I don't know. Yeah, yeah obviously, uh, you know, you're, you're uh, looking good at the moment, football-wise. Yeah. I don't look at the top of the league anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah, for yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to have just wrestling to worry about rather than football. You know, that makes a, a pleasant change, to be honest with you. Oh, there's <laughs> never anything to worry about in wrestling, Josh. Yeah, there's always, always something good in there. The there's always something good going on. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we've got lots of things to talk about. You've watched a lot of wrestling, I believe. I've watched quite I, a bit, to be fair. Yeah, I, I, I watched a fabulous um, NXT, I'm going to call it pay-per-view. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry, actually, no. It's a pay-per-view. PLE. What the fuck's a PLE? Behave. <laughs> I know PNE, I know them. Preston North End. Yeah. <laughs> Wade Barrett. Barrett Preston. There you go. Yeah. I studied uh, there, Preston. What a place. <laughs> so, well, let's start right there with what the nerds are watching. I've been watching you. A la 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 long. A la 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 long, 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 long. Come on. A la 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 long. A la 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 long, 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 long. And, Josh, as you alluded to, you have been watching, and I've been watching, the NXT show Vengeance Day. Uh, I had a slightly abridged version, purely because I had work. I, like, I can't watch stuff when I've been spoiled, so I wanted to watch as much as I could before I had to leave for work. So did have to skip through a bit of the... Oberfemi Dragon Lee match just so I could get in the main event before I left because I wanted to watch that. But have you watched the whole thing? I have indeed, yeah. Uh, where do you want to start? At the beginning. <laughs> I think it would be a good place to start with the Dusty Classic final. I almost got a perfect score in Pickles, actually. Sadly, I went with a heart overhead in the last match, but we'll get on to that. Yeah, Dusty Classic final went, I think it was kind of telegraphed given one of the four guys was in the main event and the storyline going into that, how this was going to go. But yeah, good match though, good fun. For those of you who have seen NXT TV from yesterday, as we're speaking. Yeah, we can um, uh, we can cross them both. I watched NXT yeah, so before we got into this. I think they've turned Baron Corbin into a face. I'm not sure. Because they did jump someone in the next segment. But I, but yeah, I well, don't think he's quite he's not quite a face. He's yeah. A, I think the bit, crowd just really liked the team, maybe, as opposed to them being actual good guys. Yeah, and if any of them's gonna go face, it's gonna be He's definitely the reluctant face at that, if he if he yeah. happen. <laughs> well, I was talking to someone earlier, and I was like, with Bron Breaker appearing to go to the main roster and be a baby face up there, it's nice of them to kind of have that like continuity from NXT to main roster, which back in the day, I don't think they gave a shit about who you were and what you did in NXT. You were on main... That was a separate planet. So it's nice of them at least to have turned Bron Breaker somewhat before he goes to main roster. Um, yeah, you just get that. That's, that's Kevin Owens from NXT! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Forgetting that majority of these people don't watch NXT. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Dusty Classic final was really good. I thought this whole show was actually great. These NXT shows really... It's nice to see them back in the big arenas again. I think it's a sign of where the brand as a whole is at, to be honest. Definitely. But yeah, that was really good. I can't remember the order. I'll probably get it wrong. But the Dijak match with Joe Gacy was good. Dijak's just 
he has bangers every show. Every show always has a banger. They used to do um, it, do him a dome or a two two nine or don't they? Where Frey used to run the Marleybone one before COVID, whatever that one was called. I don't, to be honest. I saw him him wrestle Leo Rush in Leicester. Funny enough, when ROH did a tour a few years back. Yeah. And if you could guess which one of these did a shooting star press to the outside, you'd probably get it wrong. Um, so that was that was <laughs> incredible. Dodge, yeah, <laughs> it was indeed. Yeah, it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen because he's like fucking massive, but. He's great. That match was great. What else did we have? We had the the intergender six person tag. What they called oh, out of the mud? Is that what they? Yeah, called? I like that. I, no, I'll be honest. If you'd have asked me to have twenty guesses at what OTM stood for, I wouldn't have got it right. <laughs> no idea. It is out but, of the mud. It is. Yeah, and I only knew that because of the pickle sheet the other day. <laughs> but yeah, that was really good. I said the is it Adriana Rizzo, the woman Rizzo, in the family. Yeah. Yeah, I, I said to Ross, she could read the phone book in that accent and I'd find it entertaining. There's just something about it. There's also shares a name with the uh, one of the semi-main characters from Greece. Yeah. I don't know I if it's Greece. I mean, Greece is before my time, but well, I have seen a lot. So I don't, it's, been, it's definitely before your time. I mean, Shawn Michaels likes to book all of his own stuff in NXT in different angles. So he's probably just thought, ah, I remember Greece. We'll go with that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we had that. We had the women's title match. I don't know what you thought of the way they did the Lola Vice cash-in type thing, but I thought it was pretty well done. I liked it. I don't think she's, I don't think she's quite ready to, to win the title yet, so I think it made sense that she was kind of over-eager at this stage in her career. I think she'll win it eventually, cause, just because she seems to be on that path. But yeah, I thought that was fun. I didn't, was want, I didn't want Perez to win it, so I like the way they, they managed to make it. Yeah, I mean, they and Lyra's, Lyra's great, isn't she? She's just really good. And, uh, and Paxley's really good. <laughs> One of the best pin breakups I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> she's nuts. But she plays the character so well. Yeah. She's um, really and then obviously we had the, I'm going to call it the Obafemi Showcase, which it, it was really. I mean, Dragon Lee's one of the best wrestlers on that roster, but this was quite clearly a showcase for the other guy. And I thought he did that really well. And then this, this fucking main event was just absolutely out of this world, which is hardly a shocker for a Ilya Dragunov title match. Yeah, the main event was one of the like best matches I've seen in a long time on TV. Dragonoff does have that ability to just pull emotion out of you. Um, I mean, he was always wrestling, uh, he was wrestling uh, not as a heel, but like uh, to the crowd, he was not the favorite. I'll put it that way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, say it's not always means he's the heel, but you know, you get it sometimes where the other person's the popular thing and he can sort of convey everything into his matches. And then with the added element of, of Mellow on the outside and I think people were expecting something, but it didn't happen sort of thing during the match. Yeah. And um, yeah, really, really good match. I really enjoyed that. I think there was a couple of uh, near falls that were spectacular as well towards the end. Yeah. Well, I said to Ross, I don't know what you thought, but I think the Iron Survivor finish where Trick was three points down with 35 <laughs> seconds to go and won. I genuinely think it's one of the best match finishes of like all time in terms of like execution and storytelling. I think it's sensational. And pretty much since then, I was like, yeah, this this tricks, he's got it. But I think it was in hindsight, like I said, I let my heart rule my head, to be honest, Pickham's wise. I think it's definitely the right call, I think, long term, because obviously now Trick can do his thing with Carmelo towards Mania weekend. And then what I envisage, I don't know about you, is that after that, Trick goes on like a long chase where he eventually gets the title. Well, they might, but he's also in NXT. I don't yeah. think they see Dragonoff as a main roster person. Yeah. I think they might see Trick Williams as a main roster person. Yeah. Bypass, not... He might bypass the title completely. I mean, he was pretty He was pretty over when he did the running on SmackDown the other week. They definitely all know the champ. Yeah, so they might bypass, he might just bypass it completely. Yeah. Which might not have been the original plan. Maybe the original plan was for him to win. I, I know they had to move the original match date, whether that was because of visa or injury. I can't. I know, I know it's injury storyline, but I'm assuming that was a real reason they didn't do it then. Yeah, well, I can't remember who I heard it from. It might have been on another podcast or some wrestling journalist or whatever, but Dragunov's got this record, if you go on like his cage match, of like he barely wrestles ever in January, like ever. So, like you say, it might be a visa thing, who knows? But yeah, I guess we should probably get on to the big talking point of the show, the the inevitable heel turn, the classic NXT lower third heel turn, which always happens. Yeah, so I wasn't I wasn't falling for it this time. No, I wasn't. I, I, <laughs> I, I've been watching NXT since the Gargano Chompa turn. Yeah. Um, and that was the very first one. That was like fucking 2017, 2016, maybe. 
<laughs> and they've been doing the same trick since then. So. so I think Tony's used it a bit in AEW as well, hasn't he? Yeah. I don't know if I've imagined that or not. I'm sure he has. Yeah, no, it was a great... Um, well, I said, I like the way it wasn't just a complete... Like, he, the crowd knew it before Trick knew it. Yeah. The way they, yeah. He didn't just, like, grab him for a hug and kick him in the balls or anything. He, he, as he turned around, he looked at him and waited for a couple of seconds. Yeah, they got the of... perfect they got the perfect camera shot for it as well. Just so like we could all see that it was coming just before it did. So there was that, like you say, that brief pause. And he did that. Like, oh my god! Yeah, he changed the look on his face, and everyone saw it, and it was like, oh, Genius. yeah, AEW would have missed that shot. Falling. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that was great. And that, just yeah, that little bit of extra time in a nuance, which as opposed to yeah, just to sort of. I know you want to do it as a shock factor, but I think because the fact everyone yeah. knew it was coming <laughs> and just to let it sink <laughs> in and without without any commentary or anything, without Booker T shouting something. I know he wasn't even on the show, luckily, which would make it more <laughs> enjoyable. Um anything <laughs> ridiculous. But uh, yeah, I think there's that little bit of giving it that second to breathe and everyone, oh, it's now it's happening. I thought that was a nice yeah. touch. Speaking of Booker T, um, it's a quite seamless link, actually, into Mello's explanation promo where I thought his line about on NXT last night about when he did the fake out with playing Trick Song, which is obviously <laughs> another Shawn Michaels thing, which yeah. he did with Brett. So there's your Shawn Michaels career achievement tick of the week. Um, <laughs> I feel like the people who are in NXT probably weren't fans when Shawn Michaels was doing his thing, like age-wise. So to some people, this is like brand new stuff. Which is great. Oh, I mean, I mean you've got other people like Breakout Star, the LA Knight, who's actually older than Shawn Michaels. Oh, my God. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> he he, he inspired Shawn Michaels to do it. Yeah, he was, LA Knight was in the crowd, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was probably in the barbershop as well. <laughs> but yeah, I thought um, Mello's promo was, was great. I thought... I've often been critical in the past of the NXT crowd because I feel like they're a bit too inside baseball at times. They make themselves the star of the show, but I thought they did their bit yeah. phenomenally well. To the point where apparently the NXT producers had to tell them to stop swearing, else they have to get took off the air. Apparently. <laughs> which is hilarious. Well, they do um, do that on where they will um sort of mute out swearing. Yeah, so apparently, basically, yeah, the producers told them like chill out, else we're gonna have to go off your hair. <laughs> um but yeah, Mello's promo was great. I thought the way they shot it was was great. I thought the fact they did it throughout the show was like Mello would come out, sit down and be like, nah, not yet. Great. And considering like a year or so ago, he was going for the title as like, I know he was a heel going into that show, but everyone wanted him to win the title this time last year. I think to do the complete 180, great. Yeah, I think it's what we all saw come in a little bit. But again, with stuff like this in wrestling, I'm never critical if they go with like the obvious choice. I wasn't critical at all or underwhhelmed at all when Adam Cole was the devil, for example. Because storyline-wise, it was the right choice. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a problem. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's another story. Uh, but yeah, I think Carmelo's heel run is off to... Or Carmelo's second heel run, sorry. He's off to a great start. And I think, however, whenever they do the match with Trick, presuming at WrestleMania weekend, I think it'll be great for everyone. Yeah, I was a bit... I, like, because when I got back into NXT, I'd seen a bit of Carmelo and Trick I believe Trick was with him during that run. And he, did he wrestled Braun for the title? Yeah. Yeah. He was, uh, I thought he was a little, I think he, he, well, I thought he came across as more of a face then anyway. Well, as, as, you, as you say, that's what he'd sort the of. The Mania match was weird because like Braun was the face and Melo was the heel, but everyone wanted Melo to win. And then they cheated for the finish. And then on NXT TV, acted or afterwards, Braun like put his hand up and was like, yeah, well done. And then they did the double turn the next week on TV. So it was like, it was the finish made no sense how they did it. But, oh, well, wrestling, eh? You can miss out the details sometimes. It don't matter. I wonder if Undertaker's still going to be mates with him now he's turned, <laughs> turned heel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anything else on this week's NXT catch your attention? Have you got any wild speculation on who behind the weird face vignettes thingy that they're doing at the minute this new right, character right. so here's a problem i have with the nxt on the network <laughs> okay so i've been what i've been very much enjoying watching it on tnt sports for the last three months so see, i yep. moaned about them taking off the air discovered i had the network for a means i was signed into a network so i've been watching on the network for the last few weeks they don't have adverts they have bloody about four minutes worth of the same bloody videos yeah, yeah. so to fill the advert spots they'll just run random packages of 
wrestlers, shows, yeah, um, so stuff like, on the I, network, all sorts of crap. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, is this a part of the show? So I didn't realise that that faces thing, I couldn't work out whether it was part of the show or whether it was... Yeah, um... it was It was the same one they ran during the, the pay-per-view at the weekend, to be fair. Yeah, I had. Yeah, but they also put this all well, them bloody adverts in the pay-per-view, don't they? <laughs> yeah, they do. Oh, they do oh, oh, the bumps on again. Oh, it's Stone Cold talking to Drew McIntyre for the fourteenth time. <laughs> oh, here's a nice little Kalani Jordan package. Like, there's no consistency. Like, that was actually part of the show, to be fair. The Kalani Jordan video package. Yeah, oh, they did right. that for a couple of people, I think. Then they did for Obafemi as well later in the show. Yeah, but it's, it's always in the same spot. Yeah, you never know if you need to pay attention or not. <laughs> But um, yeah, so yeah, um, so do you reckon that's a return or a new person? Or I'd like to think it's a new person. With all these people going to, obviously, Tiffany Stratton's gone to SmackDown. I think they'll probably lose Carmelo soon. They'll lose Bron Breaker soon. I think it's that time of year where they do a little bit of a refresh. So it'd be nice to get someone new. Is there anyone they've said is coming in that you know is coming in? Or? I can't think of anyone who would fit the bill. It's just it'd all be speculation. I think there's a few people who are. I think Julia's about, but I think she's gonna. As we'll probably go into later, she's got other things going on. Yeah, Kazuchika Okada. Yeah, just the idea of Okada in NXT. It's one of those <laughs> things that, like, it's the, oh, just one more beer. That's how I feel like about Okada in NXT. You shouldn't. You really want to. <laughs> yeah, it'd be interesting to see it, well, a where where he ends up, and b if he gets the NXT. I mean, Nakamura I was... wasn't there very long, was he? Or was he? Or was he a year? I think he was there for about a year. Yeah, because he debuted against Zayn in Dallas, and then I watched yeah. him have. He, he was he was on the main roster by the next WrestleMania week. To be fair, so I think it was a year. Yeah, because he had the most one of the most boring NXT black and gold main events against Bobby Roode. I went to in at Takeover. Oh, in the yeah, because that was the when Bobby Roode won the title, or he beat Nakamura for the title. I think. Yeah, he beat him for the title, and I think they rematched at the the WrestleMania weekend show and. That was Nakamura's like swan song. Yeah, that's the one I went to. It was so yeah. Bobby Roode was a dull man once his entrance was finished. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sorry, Bobby, <laughs> you were glorious. Yeah, that's about <laughs> all for my NXT. <laughs> as a We do both love NXT, dear Lister. We would like to make that clear. NXT is yes. really good. Agreed, agreed. I know. I say, yeah, I really I enjoyed the Avengers Day, was fantastic. Can we briefly touch on the, the Chase U calendar, by the way, which is a shoot calendar? That's an actual thing you can buy. It's sold out, isn't it? According to it's sold out, you can't buy it now, but it actually sold out, apparently. Yeah, I don't think they put out that many copies intentionally. I think that was behind <laughs> it, but I'm just speculating. Well, I'm looking forward to it becoming J. Well, I'm assuming that JC James could go off of Riley Osborne. I mean, I might have I watched too many US teen dramas, <laughs> but the way she's I mean, like, a, oh, you know, yeah, take that, my advice, that, take my advice. JC James would go off with Riley Osborne, break Fear's heart. Yeah, that does seem the obvious teen drama thing, doesn't it? And again, um, maybe it's out of the HBK yeah. 1980s. HBK Saved by the Bell, Beverly Hills 90210. <laughs> yeah, he loves it. <laughs> he loves it. Anything else to add about the calendar? Well, then JC giving Fear bad advice already. And Ryan, yeah, that's the sign, isn't it? It's so Andrew Hill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. about all of my NXT thoughts. Where do you want to go next? You got much AEW stuff to talk about? Yeah, I think we're at that stage of AEW. I always feel like one of the problems with them is they can have too much time between shows. And like they don't kind of know what to do with it a little bit. I kind of feel like they'd benefit if Revolution was like next weekend as opposed to like a few weekends away. Yeah. So what? So the main storylines they got going on. You've got the fantastic Hangman Swerve stuff, which I mean, I'm not. I'm a bit disappointed they've gone to another match. Well, I'm presuming they're going to do a non-finish, and they'll both end up in yes, the I, Joma. I'd expect the same. Um, if there was yeah. picking, I'd be picking a draw. No, because I don't. Because for like you. I don't understand otherwise why you'd do that match on TV, given they yeah. had two incredible pay-per-view matches. Surely I mean, it might do... be a double pin rather than a screwy... Like, I don't think Joe's... The way Joe's been acting as a champion, I don't think he's going to be interfering. I don't, feel like he'd, I don't feel like he'd care enough to interfere. But yeah. Face. I feel like he'd be confident against either. The character, I mean, some other Joe. And, and it's not like one of those champions who does the... I'll take them both out. Now I've got no... Yeah, I feel like... No, no opponents, <laughs> which which always backfires because they always give you both. They yeah. not to do that. And talking of stupid, I do need to apologise to Hangman and Page for my calling him stupid with his pick your poison. 
as he pointed out, that he could choose any match he wanted and he could add, make it an ODQ match. So I would like to offer a, a retraction of me calling Adam Page, <laughs> uh, was it an empty-headed fuck, whatever CM Punk called him. What did I ever do in this world to go, to deserve an empty-headed fucking dumb fuck like Hangman Adam Page to go out on national television and fucking go into business for himself? For what? I will take that back. Very good, smart strategy, Adam. Uh, well done, even though he still lost. Rob and I think it was, was it, I'm going to have to Google the exact quote because it was, I, I just remember Punk using fucking twice in a quote and just thinking it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll get to hear Punk on more quotes on commentary soon. <laughs> get him on NXT instead of, ba- uh, not Barrett, Booker. I did find it ironic, going back to NXT briefly, that Trick Williams has the biggest match of his career and Booker T isn't there to call it. <laughs> yeah, I think they wanted people to watch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like Sting and Darby are winning the tag titles this evening. I feel like they're going to win the tag titles, yeah. Yeah. Which, and, oh, by the way, speaking on the tag division... There's people who call themselves EVPs that should have fucking known better. The Jacksons are fantastic. Oh, my God. Hell really has frozen over. CM Punk was right. <laughs> I love I love when the Jacksons are heels because they're so unlikable. And like, yeah, they play and heels. Every really time like they're heels, they I always really enjoy their work, especially when they're like whiny, bitchy, like we're yeah. losing heels, sore loser heels. They play that really well because it seems quite realistic. This sort of <laughs> over-the-top dickhead douchebag Nicholas Jackson characters are fantastically entertaining. And they just yeah. want to make they make you want to punch them in the mouth whilst making me laugh. So they're doing it perfectly. Fair play to them. And they um, need to reinvent themselves because they've been a bit samey for a long time. Yeah, I feel like the Young Bucks have been one of the most confusingly booked acts. Ironically, given they help form the company in the whole of AEW, I feel <laughs> like. I mean, they had the great matches with FTR. They had that great cage match with the Luge Bros. And other than that, everything's just been a bit odd. But I, I, I disagree. Like you say, this has I, been pretty good. I disagree to an extent in that every time they're sort of in the ring, they're, like, well, they had their Hangman and Kenny match as well. Yeah, like, that was Whenever amazing, they actually put themselves in the ring and do a tag match, they're usually top level. They're, like, they're very good in ring. I agree with you from a booking point of view, but I think most of the time they're in the ring, they deliver. They yeah. do get a bit hung up on six-mans, which are fine, but you're that good at tagging, and whoever your six-man is, it's Kenny or Hangman, are that good at singles. It's a bit of a waste, I think. I think the six yeah. are perfect on the likes of the acclaimed and the guns. Yeah. It's perfect for them. Yeah, because you don't have Billy Gunn. I mean, Jay White could probably be doing a little bit better, to be fair. Probably, but but, but it's a bit of a bit of a placeholder for him because there's not really a, a feud for him going at the And moment. I feel like that's gotta be the end to a means, surely. He'd be feuding with Adam Cole if Adam Cole could walk. Yeah. He's the one who remembers that Adam Cole beat him up when he was a devil. Yeah. And I feel like with the way if MJF was going to take time off either way, the plan probably would have been to move an Adam Cole and Jay White into the first feud for Adam Cole. Yeah. And then I think them actually joining up and being genuine with the acclaimed and Billy Gunn would make more sense then. Because then you get them, that solidifies their babyface turn to take on the Undisputed Kingdom. And yeah. I've got no problem with it. I enjoy enjoy the interactions between them. Yeah. Rock card. It was a nice... (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. I like the fact that um I can't remember which way around it was. Was it Adam Cole criticizing one of them for being hurt whilst he was in a wheelchair? <laughs> I Amazing. I don't miss that part. <laughs> I'm sure I saw that somewhere. I might be wrong with the details of it, but it's something like that. I remember thinking how preposterous it was. Yeah, it makes complete. It's the sort of thing you say. Um, yeah, going back to the um the young box and and Sting and Darby. Do you think it matters who wins that match at Revolution? Does it matter really who wins if Sting loses or wins his last match? I'd like him to lose because I'm a traditionalist, but I don't think it matters, does it? I don't, I don't, I don't think him losing, him and Darby Allen losing to the Young Bucks is going to make the Young Bucks. I'd say I'd have, I'd have, I don't know if he's got a singles match in him. I'd have liked him to lose to Darby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, true. But, but I don't think there's no one, a, a tag team, it's not, I don't think it's really putting anyone, if it's Big Bill and Ricky Starks or if it's yeah. the Young Bucks, sorry, the Jacksons, Nicholas and Matthew Jackson. I don't want them to hear me. <laughs> it's not. It's not making them. It's someone's like Lesnar being the Undertaker. Like I loved it because yeah. I like the Undertaker, but it didn't make anyone new from it. Yeah. 
if they're not going to do that, I think keep his undefeated run. It's you know, Tony Khan's obviously got a lot of time for him. He's really, yeah. I really enjoyed his run in AEW as someone who wasn't a fan before, didn't watch him in the old days, didn't like his WWE run, thought it was terrible. I was like, what is the fuss about this guy? I think yeah. AEW have used him really well. And so I wouldn't have a problem with them if it is against the Jacksons, Nicholas and Matthew Jackson, them, them getting the win and it, him keeping the undefeated streak going into, into the sunset. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally agree, totally agree. Going to be just bizarre to see a wrestler retire and actually retire for once because I feel like Sting's the type of guy who wouldn't go back on that sort of thing. I know he did once before, but I feel like he was forced to retire last time. I feel like he's properly retiring on his own terms this time. When did he retire the first time when WCW finished? No, he obviously came back to WWE, had two matches, got injured in the second one against Seth, and then he kind of announced his retirement when they put him in the Hall of Fame. But again, it was kind of not of his choice. So I feel like he's getting the chance with this AW run. He's got the chance to have one last run and, and go on how he wants to, which is always nice. You, you never want to see a wrestler be forced to retire. You want to see him go out in a blaze of glory, which I feel like a lot of wrestlers kind of always have that one last match, some more than others. That 13 Somehow. last match, Rick. <laughs> yeah. How he's going to bloody be there, Rick isn't he? Following. Sadly, yeah, sadly. That makes no sense. No, it's stupid. It's I hate it, but oh well. Sting likes it. I guess we have to get used to it. As, <laughs> as disgusting as it is to see Ric yeah. Flair on TV in 2024, but oh well. Is there any more um, AEW news? I feel like Tony's big announcement might be about a dynamite in Boston in a few weeks. Has he got another announcement? Has he? He has. Yeah, this one might have to do with a, a show in Boston in a few weeks. Mercedes. Apparently so. Apparently so. So what's his announcement going to be? We've got a show in Boston in three weeks. I think it's going to be along the lines of the last dance type thing. You know when he announced... Or the, the first dance, was it? Like the punk one, yeah? Yeah, I think it'll be something like that. What fancy name they give it, I don't know. But I've got a feeling it'll be something like that. Yeah, cool. Just why, why is everything... He loves an announcement, doesn't he? He loves it. Tournament and announcement. That's yeah, it's become, it's become a, a heck of a meme online, what Tony's <laughs> announcement is. I've got an announcement. Where's Jamie Hayter? That's what I want to know. Hopefully, waiting to beat Mercedes at Wembley for the title. That'd be nice. That would be good. That'd be my dream, anyway. If I could have one thing for Wembley, aside from Osprey and Swerve, it'd probably be that. Will must be in soon, isn't he, as well? Yeah, I think he's got his last... Have you seen what they're doing with the multi-team like cage match thing they're doing? I saw they were having a big cage match. Yeah, so they're doing it like war game style. Like, two guys are going to start in the ring, and then they're going to keep bringing different people in. Good for them, I guess. When is it? I'm not sure. I know. I think it's the same show as they've got um, Okada Tanahashi one last time. Is it like on the 13th? It must be. I think it's pretty soon, yeah. I think you might be right with that. Because I'm still tempted to get a ticket to high stakes. I need to check how much money I've got on the day, probably. <laughs> um, yeah, for, um, but I want to see uh, Oki. Oki, yeah. I'd like to see that. It'd be good. I, I did go some wrestling this week. I went to see Ignite Wrestling Pro with Conman yep. on Sunday afternoon in the home of Cheap Pints, Boreham Wood. <laughs> Conman got some drinks in because the last time the, uh, they only had cans in the in the building. The library had a new bar. <laughs> I was selling pints of Moretti for £3. Oh my God, I should have gone. Yeah. I, so I was having a reasonably quiet one because I'd work the next day and I'm, and then till after the show when all the London Thameslink trains were down so I had to stay in the pub of Conman for about three hours and it got so slightly less quiet. I think the main thing all the listeners want to know is did anyone fill the seat? Well, so when we got them, obviously Matt, uh, so Conman is uh, you know on good terms with CJ, the uh, promoter. Yeah. And, um, CJ said, oh, it doesn't look very busy there. We've sold out, but um, you know, there's not many people around. And um, I said, oh, there was a lot of problems with the trains coming up from town because I got one and the two after and the one before were all cancelled and they're only every half an hour. So um, I said, oh, maybe some people are struggling to get in. And we were in, it was quite full still. And we went to our seat at the back and CJ asked us to go and sit in one of the, the second row because there were some empty seats there. And it wasn't, as I think it was, I think it was probably a bit more just like show worry because it was quite full even then. And, you know, the tickets had been sold. And then a family of seven, well, a, a man who bought six children with him <laughs> turned up and kicked <laughs> us out of his seat. So we went back to, to our <laughs> seat. After a match, I think maybe in the middle of the first match, which was fine, we didn't mind. And yeah, um, yeah it was a good, uh, good show. There was... Yeah, smashing Mike Eddie Dennis was really good. Really good match. <laughs> it didn't get the no contest I was uh, predicting in the pick'em. And smashing Mike had a clean win. The crowd, like you know, the sort of wrestle, this is the sort of wrestling crowd it is. 
in that Eddie Dennis, obviously NXT UK, one of the biggest names in BritRest over the past few years. And just because of the sort of crowd it is, I doubt I've seen much NXT UK or don't go to any that many promotions outside Ignite, all the family stuff. And Smash yeah. Mike is like the arguably the biggest baby face there. And yeah. he was over more than Eddie Dennis. Yeah. I mean, not that Eddie wasn't over. People liked him. And Eddie's obviously <laughs> charismatic enough to, to get to get him to, to like him. But but Mike was the star of that match. Smash and Mike. <laughs> and um, yeah, so fair play to him and the fan base he's built in uh, in Ignite. And um, yeah, I'd say he was by far the biggest, got the bigger reactions of the two of them. And Eddie didn't work heel, but he did do a, little, a couple of little like, just leaned into a little bit, a couple of little like sneaky things here and there. A really enjoyable match. Uh, Mike won. It was, I think he reversed a... Um, Eddie was going for the sort of razor's edge. I'm not sure if he's got his own name for it. And Mike, he'd already hit one that Mike kicked out of, and he hit... Uh, Mike rolled it up into a roll-up and caught him with a quick three. And Eddie looked like he was going to go after him afterwards because he, he thought it was two and took the belt off him, but did the respect, gave him the belt. And um, and that was a yeah, really enjoyable match in the first half main event. I think what else we had? There was... Um, in the second half, the main event was a standout. I won't go over every match in, in too much detail, but it was an enjoyable show, as always, and a nice length show. The second half, uh, Eddie, we were in the back but one row. Eddie Dennis was sat behind us, and with uh, and Smashing Mike was there. And the con man, I said, oh, did you hear him talking? And con man said, no, I don't like to hear him talk. I just try to ignore it. And I said, I, could, I wasn't like listening for any like gossip, but just like <laughs> Smashing Mike, the way he was reacting to all the matches, he's like, Oh, you must have seen Kenta do that. Oh, that's some. Pro- He's like an absolute, like a, like a proper fan. He's brilliant. <laughs> oh, okay. And um, I say then there was the uh, the lad Taylor James, my captain, who didn't win, like wrestling Mav of uh, CPF. There's these kids who sat in the seats, or the, whose seats we were sitting in. There must have been about there's a mixture of boys and girls from about I'd say nine to thirteen, maybe eight to twelve. They hated him so much. <laughs> like, not Mav, Taylor James, because like some, like, he, he's um he's just sort of broken up with his tag team partner, so they were just like, "Where's your partner gone? Where's your partner gone?" <laughs> and just abusing him the whole time. Give him a wedgie. Just, <laughs> <laughs> this is it's so good. These kids hated him so much. Yeah, he's obviously um, a um. I say I've seen one I've been before. I knew he was a heel. He's not from Boreham Wood. He's from like Essex. They even are they from the ones from Essex? I can't remember. I don't know. True and was that True and Lacey? Who also had a really good match for the Bryants. But they hate. I think they might even be from like, I don't know Watford or something. They don't like Boreham Wood anyway. And, <laughs> um, and the and the Boreham Wood massive were absolutely destroying it. <laughs> so funny. Uh, but yeah, the main event was uh, Adonis Payne who won the title last show. And it was like Matt's comments. It was only the second show he'd been on. He also was the man who took a dive from, I think it was Shiggy, when a bullet moved out of the way. Oh, yeah. I remember Conman. crew the last progress show. I remember Conman losing his mind. Like, don't hurt him. Yeah. That's our main event. And he he wrestled um, Jay Joshua, who I've seen before, like a while ago, probably pre-COVID. I feel like I've seen him in the old Resistance Gallery, maybe the IWL show or something along those lines, one of those shows like, we used to get to. Uh, he was brilliant. Like Dennis Payne was really good. Um, played the heel role really well. Jay Joshua, just like, have you seen him before or heard of him? I can't say I have. I can't say I'm too familiar. But from your what you're saying, he sounds pretty good. Yeah, he's like a big dude, like um, like quite like a well built. So he's not massively tall. I think he's quite like a big, yeah, like filled out guy. And he's like athleticism and his power like combined. He, um, yeah, just fantastic. I really enjoyed him. Came out really impressed with Jay Joshua. He's on the um, Riot Cabaret show next two weeks' time, 22nd, um, that I'm going to. I, just, I saw it. I look at that card today, so I'll get to see him again there. But so I don't think I've seen him since, yeah, pre-COVID when I was going to the Resgal quite a lot. And um, I don't remember him being, you know, not, not, I don't remember him being bad, but I don't remember him being like this good. So he's obviously... It's three or four years ago, so he's probably put in some work <laughs> and improved, <laughs> as you expect. But yeah, fair play to him. I'm looking forward to seeing him. I think we might see him in a, a few places going forward this year. I think, I mean, I reckon he's down in chaos a lot. Maybe I think, I feel like George and Ryan and Tom have seen him um, down there. But um, yeah, he hasn't been, I haven't seen him much around the last sort of year or so since we've been back at shows or two years now. I don't know how long it is. Who knows? But yeah, really impressive him. I'd say he's one to look out for for the future over the next year or so, especially if some of these guys are going off to to Japan, to America, whatever, like the Unslaters and yeah, other other people who I imagine we get picked. Cam Newman, example. There'll be uh, there'll be spots to fill, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he picked one up 
Maybe he's wrestling Rev Pro. I, I don't know. My memory's terrible. But yeah, keep a look out. It's good. <laughs> so yeah, that was my Ignite review. Then another show coming up, I want to say 24th of April, 25th of April, wherever the Sunday is around there. Hopefully I'll be able to get to it. I've got a stag day I'll be coming home from, but usually three by three o'clock on a Sunday on a stag day, aren't you? <laughs> uh, Leah, if anyone else is around, it's around that time. Check it out. Check out Ignite Wrestling Pro on Instagram. Don't take my word for it. <laughs> but, but get to the show i recommend going to the show it was really another really good fun really yeah as i said last time it's just that sort of breezy similar to like a takeover oh not takeover what's it called ple what they call it i'm not calling it ple is it still a takeover no i think they just call it ple's now yeah oh, so, i'm not calling but, it but it was like what was it two and a half hours that show loved it and and i get that with the sort of same sort of thing with an ignite show it's yeah three matches first off break three matches second half it's yeah. Really, yeah, good, good, different vibe. Yeah, you get to hear kids shout at people, which is always funny. And, <laughs> yeah, really enjoyed it. So, yeah, hopefully you get to the next one. If I can't, a con man, I'm sure, will be there. And I'm sure a couple of the other lads will be there. Move on from Ignite to... Have you got any main roster WWE stuff? You meant to yeah, talk? I, I wanted to talk about the SmackDown show on Friday, because obviously... Every man and his dog and their man and their dog are talking about the, the main event angle. But I wanted to talk about another segment on the show involving the other Royal Rumble winner, the one who will actually get the title match at WrestleMania, <laughs> unlike the other one. Um, which was work. the um... It's a work, Josh. <laughs> well, hopefully. <laughs> I, I, it took up far too much of my uh, thinking time the last few days. But anyway, <laughs> let's talk about Bailey because she's, she's really, really great at everything. I thought this angle that they did, which we all saw a million miles off, I thought it was really well done. And it wasn't like a traditional kind of thing. It was like, I think we see it too much in wrestling where the baby faces are kind of a bit thick. But this was a baby face who absolutely saw this turn coming a mile off. And like, if you'd been watching closely, you kind of saw the signs in recent weeks where like the rest of Damage Control were like not quite as on board with the leader, quote unquote, in recent weeks. I think it was a backstage interview and, and Bailey's talking and Oscar's like pulling funny faces behind her trying to make Kyrie Sane laugh and just properly taking the piss out of her. And then on the same show, the three Japanese girls have tended to speak Japanese. So like, and Bailey's like, yeah, 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 that. As if like, she doesn't know what's going on. But they spoke, they made a point of speaking English this week, the three of them. And EO said, oh, Bailey's done tonight or something like that. And then we got the classic, like, um, it took me back to the the Batista Triple H feud from like 2005, where like Bailey's could hear them around the corner and we knew that Bailey knew. So they did the segment, they go to the ring, Bailey's going to make her decision. And she was speaking about damage control and all this. And then she switched. And the, the key bit, which I absolutely loved, I think the crowd just, the crowd liked as well, was when Bailey spoke Japanese. Yeah, it's like, like, yeah, to prove I knew what you were saying the whole time. Perfect. Yeah. yeah, which I thought was great. I thought it was such a clever thing to do. Like, finally, we've got a baby face who actually knows what's coming. And then inevitably, they did the jump on her. But then again, clever baby face. She got a weapon out, beat him all up. And then we've got Bailey and EO at WrestleMania, which finally we get a Bailey singles match at WrestleMania, which is a joy. She's not going to have to share the spotlight of anyone else. It's her time. It's her match. And I think she'll win. And if she doesn't, I don't think it's a disaster because I think there's other stories and stuff you could tell. I don't know if it's because she was injured or not, but thought it was notable because she's been around in recent weeks that the night where they do the turn that Dakota Kai wasn't there. I don't think that was by accident. I don't know if Dakota is going to be ready soon or not, but I think that'll be interesting to see who she sides with or whatever. Maybe she was like the mastermind behind it all. Maybe she'll be on Bailey's side. Who knows? Yeah, like a again, Kabuki really Warriors. Yeah. Bailey, yeah. Elimination Chamber, and then you don't know what side she's going to be on. And yeah, wouldn't be against it at could, all. Could wouldn't be against way. it at all. Dakota's from New Zealand, so if she wants to turn heel, it's easy way to get heat. <laughs> yeah, loved it. Thought it was great. Bailey's great. Bailey was. I feel like they the disrespect they showed Bailey on that, um, and I'll never forget it. The WrestleMania coming out of the pandemic or mid pandemic coming out of it, where she carried the women's division all through the Thunderdome, and then they had her like in some talking segment. Didn't even have her in a match on that WrestleMania. Thought it was a disgrace. So I'm glad that Bailey's finally getting a, a big spot and a big moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I watched that segment. I I can't remember what day it was on, but they had the I was at home and the SmackDown highlights were on, and it's like an hour. And I sort of basically had that, and then the other the other interview segment, which I know you're not as fond of. But um, yeah, really enjoyed the bow. Say the Japanese thing I, was the thing that stood out to me. They're sort of like, ah, I did know what you're saying. We'll yeah. talk about it behind my back in a foreign language. 
um, yeah, yeah, really good. Um, yeah, so thoughts on the the other one? The Rock says, "Know your damn role." I don't even know where to start. It's just ridiculous, isn't it? I've got so many questions, and the most annoying thing is going to be when Cody wins the title at WrestleMania. They'll be like, "Ha ha, we had you," and it's like, mm, "I don't think it was quite like that," but all right, so whatever in it. I I still think that the Seth Rollins' argument is the best part of it. Oh, I don't That's think Seth, a single thing Seth said was incorrect. No, I I totally agree with everything. He's justified in what he's saying. I just think it makes no fucking sense. <laughs> uh, it makes no sense for Cody to pick him, I mean. No, but if, but if he's such a compelling argument to, to pick him. Well, you can, be, you can make a good argument and still be wrong. Wrestling has more than one royal family. Why does he want to wrestle Roman Reigns anyway? Uh, if he had any sense, he's beaten Seth Rollins three times. So the likely it is, he'll beat him again. <laughs> he's lost to Roman Reigns. He's beaten everyone for four years. Yeah. You want to finish a story quicker? Who do you think is <laughs> George R.R. R. Martin? Bloody hell. Because he wants to win the, the title that's been around for years rather than the one that was created a few months ago. They've all been around for years. They just put them <laughs> on the shelf for a little while, don't they? <laughs> I think they'll end up doing Seth Roman at WrestleMania. I'd prefer Seth- if they didn't. I think it'd be funnier. If I'm honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Cody Roman, you mean? So Cody Roman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's do Seth Roman. Yeah. <laughs> no, the last it, thing Roman Reigns needs is another fucking championship. <laughs> Cody Roman, WrestleMania, Roman wins. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> you um, imagine if they did it and Roman pins him again. Wouldn't shock me. Would not shock me. <laughs> I don't think I could even be mad. I think I'd just laugh. I'd have to laugh, else I'd cry. And he can he can win it next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finish the story. Be the first guy to win three rumbles in a row. Fuck it. Why not? You know, you know what story's never ending? <laughs> the bloodline. Never the bloodline. ending story. Every they could have ended like, they just keep putting extra bits that they probably don't need. And so this is Triple H's way. So now they've got Cody. Oh, we could finish it, but people love this. People are well into no, but it. But the problem is put it off another there's, year. Like, there's like fucking seventy every week it seems like there's a different Uso who wrestles. Like, who the fuck is this guy? It's three, isn't it? Well, there's like, there's Jacob Fatu, who's now a free agent. Well, he hasn't signed, has he? I don't know, but he's a free agent, so I, I wouldn't be fucking surprised. All these bloody Usos turn up. But, yeah, I mean, they the way this, WWE um... like to do stuff is they like to keep going back to the well so many times, and because they know people want to see it because they want to get the final moment, and then they never seem to do that, like they did with Roman, like, like they did last year with Cody. Maybe they'll just do it again. And then if they put Cody in the main event next year, everyone's like, "Now nah, this is the year." <laughs> it's like the boy who cried wolf, but then no one ever, give, no one ever gives up on him. Like, well, we'll see what they've got this press conference thing Thursday because they picked the same place as this little football game that's happening at the weekend. So yeah, we'll see what they say on Thursday. Yeah. Okay. Well, I haven't got much else to add about WWE because I haven't seen much else outside of that sort of hour of SmackDown. You got anything else to add? WWE. Our truth. Fuck it. Great name. Still going. He's just great. He's just great. Glad that's all I've got to say about him. Yeah, no, he's great. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just take a brief interlude here to yesterday. The newest member of the starting roster, Michael Shadow Aldridge, went to the Hustle Show in Hackney Wick, I believe. Uh, I caught up with him last night, and we've just got a little pre-recorded vox for uh, you guys to listen to about Shadow at the Hustle Show, which we can drop in now. Just back in the house on a pod record, but uh, Shad's also just back home. I've been out of training. Shad's has been at a new wrestling event for us. Don might have been back in the day. I think he did train a little bit. Shad's, where have you been? Well, I was at uh, the Colour Factory in uh, Hackney for Hustle Wrestling on a Tuesday night. Tuesday night grabs back. Yeah. The old Dome was used to be Tuesday, isn't it? Yeah, Dome still Tuesdays, Tuesday, Dome? Yeah. The next, because everything seems to have moved to Thursdays now, but... Yeah, um, what's uh, what's the vibe? What's the venue like, Colour Factory? Yeah, it was good. Came out, it was like a sort of warehouse or place. Uh, yeah, it was a good venue. Got a good view. Uh, I was just standing up by the bar. So yeah, got a pretty good venue to be honest. Watch wrestling, different crowds. Sort of, uh, so yeah, really, really enjoyed it. Decent crowd for Tuesday. Uh, yeah, I'd say probably about what they would normally have in the dome. Maybe not like full. Probably about 
I would guess three four hundred. Three four hundred. Yeah, yeah. Tuesday night. That's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's good. Yeah. Hackney uh, Wick. Three. Yeah, three four hundred on Tuesday. I'd say I don't reckon the dome does much more than two three hundred. I don't reckon. Yeah, I think Dull may be full to capacity, maybe four five. Maybe three 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 four. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and uh, what's the uh, what's the card like? Any uh, anyone you'd seen before? Was it all, all a lot of new people? Me Samuels. Big Got you know, staple, great rest, yeah. staple, the yeah, queen. Yeah, yeah. She, she was good. Obviously, healed there, sort of thing. Um, there was Tate Mayfair's. Tate, oh, yeah, yeah. Probably, he's, he, is he from Hustle as well? I'm not sure. I think he's quite big there. He was, um, in contention now for the title. He probably got the most heat, yeah. I don't know, the crowd with proper. I'm thinking because he, he, he was, he was very good to be honest. Obviously, Don Van Dam was first on the Tate Mayfair's train, especially amongst us, and possibly I think he's heard from Tate Mayfair himself. He was the first person on that train out of everyone. I'm wondering now if Dom saw him when he went to hustle training for the first time. Yeah, maybe. And maybe yeah. Mayfair's might be a hustle trained act. Yeah, I mean, I should yeah, probably I think, look yeah, it up. There's but... training there, yeah. So maybe Gladby's original stomping ground. Uh, anyone else? Well, in the main event, there was uh, Rocco Garza, who I think that's how you pronounce his name. He was, well, he was like the, uh, the champion, also known as the supreme leader. And he was versus Cassius. Oh, yeah. Who I saw at with Nina Samuel was yeah at uh White Cabaret yeah the Christmas White Cabaret she was a and he was just yeah. with her so didn't really see much of him didn't really know anything but he would he got a huge pop yeah, yeah it was he wrestling face or heel and he was face and uh, actually uh won the title oh wow yeah. yeah he was yeah I mean music came on he was really got a lot of support. Uh, so it's quite a big moment for him. Awesome, yeah. yeah. I know Cassius. I got. I don't know if he was big in Riptide, or but I know he was definitely big in quite a few promotions. It was it just wasn't quite any of the promotions I'd seen. I, I've only seen him wrestle once or twice, maybe in, at some of the Rescal shows. But yeah, always uh, popular. I know he's, I've seen him on like TV, on like ITV, like this morning. So I can't remember what he was promoting now. But um, yeah, so that yeah, was a big, uh, big title win for Cassius. Yeah, it's quite quite a character. But yeah, um, yeah, I didn't know he was uh, he got a lot of a lot of support for him, sort of thing. So it was a big, big moment win the title. And um, any sort of newcomers you saw who grabbed your attention? Obviously, you mentioned Cassius, but anyone that we we might not have seen before? Uh, he was with a couple of I think it was GN One. I think that was what they were called. And there was another guy, Adriano, who I've not seen before. He was with the previous champion, but he was under his sort of kind of supreme lead. But right, he yeah. turned him, it turned on him in the end. So I'm guessing Adriano was quite, you know, quite so he was he wasn't actually in a match, but he looked like he was gonna be sort so of coming yeah, up and come up. Yeah. Yeah. But um I think uh, they've got another show next month and I think they've got to have like a rumble because there was obviously the first time there seeing quite a lot of new wrestlers so there was a no it was a d- decent some, you know decent wrestlers and good cars really you get, going back yeah I mean I normally uh I go to the midweek ones because I work up in London and they advertise one I think it's uh start of March 5th of March they've got there on a Tuesday night which I'm sure is the same week as progress have one on a Thursday yeah the dome's the seventh definitely yeah. with the so, uh you know, I yeah. remember last last year's like really trying to find out some Tuesday nights of Wednesday a lot midweek wrestling and couldn't find any for a few months. And now there's got to be two in two in a week potentially. So um, Riot Cabaret's about a week and a half before, isn't it? Yeah, that's on the twenty second. Yeah, so now they're, they're yeah we're all shooting up, yeah, all coming along. Well, then we'll have to get you on as a regular midweek midweek graps columnist, yeah, columnist <laughs> podcastist on on the show. Uh, cool. Yeah, I just was yeah get as it's a new new uh. Well, not not brand new promotion. We haven't been to very much, uh, so we just want to grab some some opinions of it. Uh, like anything to sum up? Any reason to get people down there for next show? As most wrestling, I I turned up. I was on my own, sort of thing. First time I've actually been to all my own. Really enjoyed it. Good crowd as ever. Good wrestlers. I think you know, and I think the fact that they're trying to push it is definitely worth going. What sort of length was the show? Like how many ma- like sort of uh, six matches, eight matches? Yeah, I think it was. It was four before the interval, starting at half seven, 15-minute break, 
and then they had three post intervals of seven seven matches. Done well about tennis, ten thirty. Yeah, about ten ten thirty. Yeah. Boy, boy, happy wick as well. So really easy to get Hong Kong. You know, it's quite a, quite an easy venue to get to, right by the station. And what's the bar queue like? I know, so that's bigger sometimes. Well, sticking point I mean, for some of the members in our group. But. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> not throwing a negative on it, but the bar queue wasn't too bad, but it was £7.50 for pale ale. And, uh, I don't know if that's, that's a going rate these days. London, London mate, yeah. But, I mean, it's <laughs> £6 at a pub, so £7.50, but I was a bit, yeah. So where are these £6 pubs you're going to? <laughs> so I'm sure it's where you pay like eight quid on a Thursday night. Yeah. That's why I just stopped drinking. Yeah. Well, hopefully <laughs> next week when I'm in an event uh to power wrestling, that uh that's gonna be uh hopefully less than five of uh yeah, that's down in port. Well I say that I mean it's a spoiler, or maybe it's what we've already discussed it when the way this is timed, but the uh prices in Boreham Wood are still the place to get to. Oh, <laughs> oh well. I mean, you're looking. Oh, in in the venue, in the library, it was three pounds for a pint of Murray. Wow. Uh, uh, yeah. I was so, go there. Get out to Boreham Wood. Travel. But uh, right, yeah, cool. Anyway, thanks, thanks for that little, just a little interlude, and uh, we'll speak to you soon, mate. Yeah. See you soon. Take care. And welcome back. Seamless. So good our editor is. It's as if it was <laughs> one day. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so that brings to a conclusion what the nerds are watching. We've got a little bit of a round table. Just say we weren't expecting to be the to be a two man booth until about <laughs> an hour before we got on. So we've just like tried to think something on the fly. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for the rest. Of it should be fun round table. Uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get Dom doing that again soon. We miss you, Dom, and you, Ross. Right, so it's been a couple of uh, news coming in today. Scott Damore's just been removed from the TNA leadership we've uh, we've seen. We have no um, reasoning or anything for that. That's literally broken today. Obviously, recently, WWE made a change in leadership through very sensible reasons. New Japan's recently changed leadership. And then there's a bit of a thing coming out in uh, in Stardom where uh, founder Rossi Ogawa was removed from his duties, fired. And that one, there's been a bit of stuff about why that's gone on by Bushi Road, who obviously own New Japan as well. Now, that was basically the main roundtable of this little update of news in all the different <laughs> leadership uh, changes. And um, Josh, how much do you reckon this will change the different uh, promotions? Well, I think, you know... I feel like we've kind of been lied to, dicties, whatever you want to call it, with WWE in the last 18 months or so. We're like, Triple H in charge. No, Vince is back. No chance. Triple H in charge. And I feel like on the whole, like, if you're only a casual watcher, not too much changed. If you're watching week to week, I feel like it, you could definitely notice, like I could notice, like I've noticed in the last few weeks, the production element on Raw is a hell of a lot better. It's just a lot more seamless, a lot smoother, a lot more professional. You said none of the like, jump cuts about Kevin Dunn. Yeah, less basically, <laughs> yeah. There's actual like sensible stuff now. <laughs> it's not as formulaic as it used to be, definitely. And I feel like with all these changes, as the great Gennaro Catuso once said, sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. <laughs> I think as fans just kind of watch it and see what happens, really. You might know a bit more than me, but the, the Stardom one seems kind of worrying from their point of view. Well, so this is what the situation I've heard, read, I say heard, I've read about, so just reporting stuff, other journalists, not calling myself a journalist. I was credit other journalists, but I can't remember the name. <laughs> um, but yeah, other people have done this better than me. But from what, what I can tell, Rossi Agawa, he's been fired, that's definitely true, by Bushi Road. Because he was basically when he sold the company to Bushi Road, I'm guessing similar to what WWE did with Endeavor or take which is the top one, TKO Endeavor, yeah, Endeavor the company, and then TKO is the company who now own UFC and WWE, yeah, yeah. So I'm getting so Bushi Road, I'm thinking is like TKO because that AAO Stardom and New Japan. Um, Again, it might be completely wrong. Just saying in the simplest terms I can, and. He was sort of thinking, similar to Vince McMahon, I guess, he'd still be in charge of the stardom part of things. Now, yeah. that had started to change, and he'd basically decided he was off. He'd sort of worked out his um, 
notice with the company a couple of weeks ago, at least from what I'm told. And he was going around to all the stardom wrestlers whose contracts seem to be up in March and April, similar to what New Japan's are usually January, Feb, aren't they? They must be there do the same sort of contracts, uh, but just on a slightly different schedule. And he's going, well, I'm going to start my own company. Come with me. It's <laughs> basically tapping them up in advance. Sort of like when, um, yeah, yeah, if a manager's been like, yeah, I'm off. You, you usually get it. I mean, I don't know if you ever had it, Josh. But in like lower leagues, local football, like with Devon next to Premier League, be like, oh, um, someone's left Hevertry United to go and marry Willand and he's taken five of the best players with him. Uh, <laughs> that, sort of, that sort of thing. But you didn't have to actually sign because none of them were actually under any actual, like more of a year contract or something. But um, yeah, so, and, and Julia is the one I've read about recently today that apparently she's not signing with WWE as quickly as she was going to because she's promised Rossi that she'll stay for the first couple of months of his new promotion to get it up and going. Because obviously... I don't know how much you know about stardom, Josh. <laughs> I know bits. Like, I'd keep an eye on the product as opposed to actively watching it and following it. I, much like everyone else, kind of, there I was just on my phone, seeing what's happened and all of a sudden. Because, like, I know the guy's face. I couldn't tell you his name, but he's always the one who's always there at, like, the big press conferences they have. And so I, I knew who the yeah, guy was. It's all like title belt. Yeah. yeah. So he was, he was definitely familiar to me as, oh, that's the stardom guy. But and like, then to see he was fired, and then the next thing I saw was, funny enough, Tony Khan was on Twitter. Yeah, um, Tony Khan doesn't seem to like him. Yeah. But like, because I've, I've you know, there's there's different, I mean, there's this sort of way, that like the, the younger, well, they're all quite young. Girls are portrayed or like in by, definitely by fans in stardom, as I was kind of questioned before. And there's always been this sort of undercurrent of the, and I say that, no, no evidence, but there was, what was the, there was a show... It wasn't Dark Side of the Ring. Was it called The Wrestlers? And they did an episode on Stardom. I watched. I was watching Stardom at the time, and it showed the sort of you know the way they all like people were like bringing gifts and stuff for the wrestlers, like these young wrestlers, and they do these meet and greets, and it and it all it almost as if like were they being sort of exploited slightly, and and the way that they've all sort of come out in support of, of Rossi Agawa, and I'm not saying that doesn't mean <laughs> he hasn't done anything, or that he has anything. But it, it, sort of the fact that they're all very loyal to him, just based on the way things have been conveyed in the past that I'd read and, and watched, was I found it a bit surprising that, that that's how revered he was by the wrestlers there. Yeah, like I said, um, the first thing I saw was just how much loyalty there was from the stardom wrestlers to, towards this guy. And my thing here is if you get rid of him in such public circumstances and, and it's kind of very much a messy breakup... I don't know how the contract situation works in stardom, but if you've got a number of your wrestlers unhappy in any company, particularly when, like you say, it's contract season, I mean, that can't be good, can it? You know, there's if you have a, a most of your roster loyal to a guy and you've just publicly fired him, I mean, it, it's worrying times, really, considering stardom of, I mean, they're not long ago lost Kyrie Sane, they've just lost Mariah May to AW in recent months. They're probably going to lose Julia, who's worldwide name-wise their most well-known star. They're losing her soon, seemingly. If all these people are contracts are up in May and they're like, yeah, we're off. It'd be interesting to see the one I think I did see that like uh, Maya Watani, who's obviously their longest, definitely uh, her longest serving member. She's been the sort of lifer. She's the New Japan Strong Champion at the moment, I believe. Uh, or no, well, or no, not no, sorry, the IWGP Women's Champion. Sorry, that belt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think uh, she's having that belt makes her under contract slightly different. So I don't think she'll be off straight away. But there seems to be a case that it could almost be like the sort of PDC BDO split of the late nineties, early two thousands. row with a darts reference, and that um, you end up with a lot of the, the bigger names, bigger stars. If they're out of contract, they're going to go with Rossi Agawa and and see where where that takes them. But yeah, we're interested to see going forward of, uh, of what happens to the company which sort of arguably the top women's promotion in the world yeah definitely one where it's one of those where if you look through a lot more names that people will know who listen to this worked for stardom than you kind of realize obviously you got tony storm who's the aw women's champion was there for a number of years eo sky pretty uh, sure all of the japanese women have been through stardom at some point maybe diana Perazzo worked stardom but Mako Satamora was a champion. JV Hater worked stardom. Blair uh, Davenport as well, be a priestly. Yeah, Blair Davenport worked stardom. She, she's been there, world champion. Yeah, like I said, that's, and that's just in the sort of couple of years I was watching. Well, when I started watching, it was just after Kyrie and Io had all had left. Yeah. And I think Mayu might have gone, but she had a neck injury, didn't pass a physical or something, and then she ended up staying. 
yeah, a lot of the um, British wrestlers, I'll just say Martinez worked there. I'm pretty sure Martinez worked there. I don't know if I made that up. Yeah, um, I think I, I remember seeing on her social media that she was in Japan. I'm pretty I'm sure, sure it was she was in Oedo Tai with uh, like Kagetsu and. Um, but yeah, so yeah, like, yeah, you say, like, most, yes, a lot of the British wrestlers go out there and get like a like Mariah May sort of came on leaps and bounds going out there from what I've yeah. been told from what she was when she left and the experience she gets, she got out there to now she's sort of main character in AEW. Yeah, so it's always, it's a great place for people to go out and prove like, I, I, I kind of view stardom as what Ring of Honor used to be for men, like, it's a place to go and like learn your craft a little bit and in ring wise really improve, as you say. And that's kind of, if that like place to go for not just Japanese women's wrestlers, but any women's wrestlers, you talk about Mariah May and her improvements when she went there. If that was that company was kind of like to to suffer if most of their like roster goes somewhere else, it'd be a pretty big company to kind of be on the down a little bit. So hopefully they um I feel like I feel like the if, if Ross Yagawa started a new company, it would have the same sort of cachet or automatically because he's yeah. He's the one who's got the sort of name value. I know Stardom does ears, but he's the one who's built it all. You've only got to look at AEW, really. I think they're obviously we live in a time where not many big companies have been started. Not really in the, in recent years. I think if you look at AEW, AEW worked because they got the big names and they had the star power. Really, they had a, a solid under roster, which not many people knew of. Wrestling fans knew of, but then like they were able to supplement that with like. John Moxley's and your Chris Jericho's and people like that. So if, if this new promotion have an undercurrent of, of Japanese women's wrestlers and the odd one from stardom and then Julia does a couple of shows and other people, I think it's a pretty good starting block. So yeah, and, see but, what stardom and, do in response. And also I think they will be able to I mean there'll still be a place for the um people to go and work. I, I mean from more yeah. that more that aspect from them being a success straight away. There'll still yeah. be an opportunity for people to go and, and learn the same ways. They'll still I imagine have a similar trainers in the dojos and that sort of thing that they've that they've got at the moment. So that aspect and, should still and be just there. To a possibly positive spin on it, it seemed to indicate to me that Rossi Ogawa going kind of maybe opens the door a little bit for more stardom AW interaction, maybe. Because that was the one thing, the one criticism I had of the last Forbidden Door show is that we only had, I think it was one women's match on like a 13, 14 match card. So yeah, I suppose, yes, Tony Khan's got a, rea- uh, a reaction, relationship with New Japan and clearly didn't have a very good one with <laughs> Rossi, so yeah. Hopefully we get a, an IWGP women's title match at the next Forbidden Door, that'd be, that'd be lovely. Definitely. And um, any thoughts on the Scott Demore leaving? Yeah, without knowing the circumstances, just shock, because it seemed to be all going swimmingly over there. They've obviously just had the big rebrand, which has drawn a lot of eyes to it. They had Jordan Grace being the Royal Rumble, which again got a lot of eyes on the company. Like I say, I'm not an active watcher of Impact TNA as it is now, but seems to be positively received by those who do watch it. So yeah, I guess we'll see what whoever the the new guy is. I, I've seen the name. I'm not familiar with it, but have they announced a new person already? Yeah, they they said the name. I, I it wasn't a name I was familiar with. So yeah, we'll see how they go from here. Really, if it's dramatically different or not, I, I would presume not. Because my thing is, if it's not broke. Why would you try and fix something? But this is also wrestling and, and people very much <laughs> like to do things their own way for good or bad. So, yeah, we'll see. But I think hopefully they stick with what they've got, because I think the more companies that are doing well in wrestling, I think wrestling's better as a whole because it gives people more places to go and, and do their thing. Agreed. Definitely. And uh, possibly a nice way to finish. Unless you have anything else you want to add? I'm trying to think. Not really. It's just that time of year isn't it really where you know we've got big AEW pay-per-view in a few weeks big progress show in a couple of weeks as well if people are going to that um, before that right yeah before. like you say Pro, the final independent match of will osprey who's probably been one of the more prolific wrestlers in brit rest history i think i don't think you can really argue that you can't arguably the most impactful yeah definitely so I, i'm sure they'll have a tremendous match and, and will will get an almighty ovation at the end of it which he he richly deserves, I feel, for his services to, to British wrestling and long may his amazing, incredible wrestling career continue in, in AEW. And do you reckon that's actually going to be it for Will? I think he'll come back and do the odd show here and there. I think, obviously, with All In Weekend, maybe he maybe he doesn't wrestle, but maybe he like does a run-in, does a promo, saves someone, whatever. So, yeah, we'll see. But hopefully we, we get to see him in England in that stadium in the main event against the AEW World Champion, Swerve Strickland. That'd yeah, be lovely. That would be good. I should probably plug our stuff. I didn't do it at the start. 
uh, <laughs> on Twitter at WSB Fun, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook at Wrestling Should Be Fun. Josh, where can we find you? Uh, my blog site, um, nobody'sready.com. I'm running a WWE 2K23 Universe Mode blog series where I just had my Royal Rumble pay per view. I did take the title off Roman Reigns. <laughs> Why the Royal Rumble? I did, yeah. So I'm working like a year backwards. So I um obviously in my story it's it's last year. So Roman had just had the two titles. So what I did was at the start of it, split the titles, have him keep one. He lost his title at the Rumble. And then in the main <laughs> spoiler alert, guys, for the next few blogs, in the main event of WrestleMania without a title, I'm doing the rock and Roman Reigns. <laughs> <laughs> Who beat Roman Reigns for the title? Uh, I had Big E win the World Heavyweight Championship from Roman Reigns. <laughs> because, James, I'm the booker and it's my fucking show. Yeah. I was hoping it was going to be the White Power Ranger or something. <laughs> uh, with that, we'll call it a day. As Don would say, drink lots of water and look after your mates. I think it's time to go. Where's the big show? Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun.